when the Doctor and Joe are sent a message pod from the Time Lords, they must travel to the planet Solos, where they must deliver it to a Solarian rebel called Kai, who is caught in the middle of a power struggle with the overlords of Earth. Can the Doctor figure out what is happening on the planet and put a stop to it in time? This is The Mutants. Welcome to Regenerated. a minimum inertia superdrive for Bessie. Oh. Well, for your information, it's well past lunchtime, and I'm... Yeah. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Lunch? No. Bomb? No, nothing so exciting. Well? It's an assignment. Well, then it is exciting. No, it's a container of some kind, Joe, from them. Time Lords? That's right. Well, aren't you going to open it? Oh, I'm not allowed to open it. Huh? Well, I couldn't even if I wanted to. No, I'm not meant to. I couldn't open it even if I wanted to. No, it's only meant for one person. And or creature. They were only open for one person. And or creature. Yeah, that's right. Yes, I'm just the messenger boy. Well, can't you just refuse? Well, they only send these things in a real emergency, Joe. It's top priority. Three-line whip. No. No, I've got to go. How do you know where to deliver it? I think that has already been decided. Hello everyone and welcome back to Regenerated. My name is Matt and I'm joined by my... You know if you're hesitating, <laughs> you don't really mean it, right? Well, I was just trying to think of something completely different. Oh, uh, I forgot. I still need to buy you that thesaurus. Mm, yes, I'm joined by my wife, Becky. And How are you today? Matt needs a thesaurus. How are you this week, shall I say? Not today. My throat hurts. Throat hurts. It's not my fault if I basically didn't see a bone in a bit of KFC. Mm. Well, yes. That's the hazard of eating KFC. No, that's just the hazard of me not looking what I'm doing. Mm, yes. So, that, this... could, that could happen whether basically we ate chicken or a Brussels sprout. Mm. You know? Well. Okay. Or a sharp tater. Fair enough. Um, Probably less likely of Brussels sprouts. Mm, yes. So Probably more likely of a tater. So this week we have the Mutants, 8th of April to the 13th of May, 72, six episodes, written by Bob Baker and Dave mm, Martin, who well, both really, co-writ The really Claws of Axos and was directed by uh, Christopher Barry, well, who, did, who did the Daleks episodes. I was episodes. about to say they're not mutants, they're like... People well, yeah. who are spawned with crab. Mm. Mm. Yes, well, and we'll get on to when you say the claws of Axos, weren't well, they crabs? Well, we'll get on to the uh, mutants look in a minute. Just quickly go through who the director was. It was Christopher Barry who did Daleks 1, 2, 4, and 5, The Rescue, The Romans, The Savages, Power of Daleks, and The Daemons. Yeah, so but the, the mutants. Of Axos wasn't like... Well, no, we crabs. didn't really think that one was a, a very 
Um, good one, shall we say. So last week I said at the end of the episode that I didn't think that the Mutants was going to be um, one of the best. But to be fair, I was slightly, only slightly, pleasantly surprised. I thought it was a lot better than what I thought it was going to be. Uh, again, I'll go on record to say I think it was probably one episode too long. As always, I think that these sixes are so dragged out and they could do with being one or two episodes I shorter. It was a four, but there you go. It's a sixer. Um, so, yeah, I think it could have been... It, it, it just it did drag a little bit for me, this one. But that's not to say that I wasn't, like, entertained by it. I thought it was mm. actually quite a good one. But it's kind of now a tried and tested method for Doctor Who. It's kind of the same sort of situations and sort of scenarios and it's kind of the same this time so in a nutshell uh the beginning of the serial is that again it's one of them situations where they have to get the doctor off earth and how do they do it again they have to come up with some sort of clever way of doing it but even this uh, this time it was not really that clever it's kind of like, oh, here we go again. It's the same old sort of stuff again. Basically, every single intro at the minute seems to have the Doctor tinkering away with some component in the TARDIS. It's well, the same. The TARDIS. Yeah, it's the same sort well, of in thing. In the TARDIS, because you have to go in the TARDIS to, to materialise. Well, yeah. But you know what I'm saying. So, yeah, it's either he's tinkering with the dematerialisation circuit or the chameleon circuit or... You know, it just seems to be it's the same. Yeah, it's the same. It's the same intro every single week at the minute. And then, as uh, the Doctor and Joe are sort of discussing this component, this sort of what they originally call like a a pod, message pod, Mm -hmm. but it then gets referred to as a box. But to me, it's not really a box. It's kind of like an orb shape pod. It's like a sort of more geometric sort of orb. Mm. Because obviously yeah. your geomet- geometric shapes are all sort of like triangles and sharp edges and things like that. So, yeah. yeah. And the nature of this pod is that it actually will open only for the recipient. So obviously it doesn't open for the Dr. Joe. So he then sort of surmises, right, we've got to go in the TARDIS and take it to the person who it's for. Joe asks, how do you know where to go? Doctor says it must have already been programmed to the TARDIS. So the Time Lords are obviously nudging him in the direction of this planet, which comes uh, we come to know as called Solace. And there is a little bit before this uh, Doctor and Joe scene, which I thought was quite funny, and I just put in my notes, Monty Python. If you've ever watched the episode of Monty Python, it always starts off with this sort of old, grey, long-haired, long-bearded man sort of struggling to get up to the camera. And it kind of reminded me of this, where you had the long-haired, long-bearded guy struggling through I haven't sort of seen foggy... many of the Monty Python sketches. I've only really seen like, a couple of films. Well, people who are Monty Python fans will know yeah. what I'm saying there. Uh, it well, there's only clips that you've shown me, like, you know, the Funny Walks thing and the Lumberjack song and things like that. You've only shown me like little bits. Mm, well, I'll have to uh, educate you there. So, oh God! We'll have to watch some Monty Python so you can see what I mean. Then 
<laughs> we are then trans. The doctor is transported with Joe to. You said that to me before about faulty towers and about other things, and then, but then this is your problem again. Well, they're on the to-do yeah, list. Keep starting things, and you never finish them. Well, like I say, that's on the to-do list. Mm, every so. fr- uh, whole of your DVD collections on the to-do list. Mm, well, yes. And so again, the Doctor's TARDIS arrives on yet another base. Yes, we're getting uh, Patrick Troughton vibes here with bases again. And also it's called like Sky Base, but really it's kind of like just a spaceship in space. Mm. And the premise of this spaceship is that they are known to the uh, the uh, what the, what would you say residents i don't know what you would really call them habitants of solace yeah they're, they're known natives. as natives that word yeah they're known to them as overlords um and these overlords come from earth they're basically here again it's again this sort of tried and tested method of doctor who where the story is kind of similar to every other story you have one guy who's called the administrator who's uh jeffrey palmer he wasn't in it for very long mm-hmm. let's just say that and then he has like um which to me it looks like the marshal is his subordinate but he's a bit power mm-hmm. ha- uh power mad isn't he he's got a massive ego and he just basically wants to terraform this planet to make it like earth 2 because earth is basically in a state of decay that's that's the way i um, gathered that the story is basically that's kind of the story yeah. to me and that is kind of the gist they've got these like um solaris uh, natives who they're going through like a bit of a mutation solaris. i swear that's what they call so- solarans or something they're called yeah they're uh going through a bit of a change because obviously the sky base is trying to terraform make it the sound planet. like they should be in benedorm well it's, it's a very similar uh sim sim what's the word similarity that's the word i think it's very similar solana or something well, no in, i was going to say it's very solana hotel in benedorm well no i was going to say it's very similar to uh the saltarans uh, as well which is uh obviously coming up soon so i'm guessing Mr. they Potato sort of Head. leached the name there and changed no. it no they're Mr. Potato Head. Get okay. it right. Anyway, so these natives of the planet, they're kind of going through a bit of a change because they're trying to terraform this planet. Although I don't and accelerated. understand how the actual toy of Mr. Potato Head is called Mr. Potato Head because that should be classed as Mr. Potato because of the pure and simple fact that potato is the whole body, not just the head. But, you know. Well, yeah. Tomato, tomato. That's because he's got a face on him. Yeah. So Soltarans, but Soltarans are arms and legs. So that could be Mr. Potato Head. And then we could just change the play school version to Mr. Potato. Well, maybe it was Mr. Potato. Potato in the beginning. Who knows? Anyway. I think someone needs a word for play school. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, they've kind of uh, been forced to mutate. But because the mutation's not really done effectively by the sky base, they've kind of got to... A sort of midpoint, I think, and stopped in the mutation, uh, in the mm. mutation, and they've come become these sort of like beetle type things. Which yeah. again, I said this before with uh, the sea devils, is when they do like pape, uh, pape and mache heads and just paint on eyes. They don't have no life to them. <laughs> they don't have no blinking, no, no. movement. They just look really startled yeah. all the time. 
but that being said, there were about like six, I think six of them. So the co- the costume department did quite well here, doing six. Yeah, it was quite funny. So they got a bit of a budget here, mm. which I think is quite, you know, to be honest, the look of the actual serial looked actually quite good. Yeah. To be fair, they had some locations, they had some nice sets. Sky Base had a nice set. Um, you had also the the, the village. Um, so yeah, there was quite a nice. I just thought the world also had a nice little atmosphere because they said like, um, what was it during the day? Isn't like radiation is created by the sun, and so it's a little bit more yeah. inhospitable during the day. So they obviously got the smoke cannons out, filled the area that they were filming in with smoke, and gave it a nice different planet feel, which I actually quite liked. Uh, again, music in this one as well wasn't like last week's no. with the synthesizer heavy. Um, um, I think what unconnected with, music, I should say. Kind of had a bit of a um, Stranger Things sort of sound to it for some I, weird reason. Let's just say that last week's Sea Devils, the music really stood out to me, whereas this week it didn't. It didn't overly saturate the serial and didn't really distract me. Yeah. You know. You know. Overall, I'll go through it now because I might as well go through it. You know, in the poll, it came in at. Like and and the poll um for people if you've only just now starting to listen I haven't said this for a few weeks now but the poll was done I think it was during the was it fiftieth or fortieth it was done recently the poll for one of the anniversaries what we're we going up to now I think it's it was no sixty sixty in uh nineteen sixty three so that was what was that it's about is that sixty years ago now? It is sixty years, isn't it? So it'd be so. it'd be fifty years for the fiftieth year. Uh, they did a poll where in the Doctor Who magazine they asked the fans to vote on their favourite episodes, and then they ranked them old and new Doctor Who. And then in the poll they come up to two hundred and forty-three episodes, I think it is, or yeah. serials. And this one for the what context, is that? I said what shreddies? Something like that. So this, for the context, came in at 213. Looking back in the poll, it was actually the second worst voted serial of John Pertwee's era. So to me, probably a bit harsh. Yeah, a little bit. Because to be fair, like I say, I went into this thinking this was actually going to be like a real bad stinker. Like I thought it was going to be a 2 out of 10. But actually, like I say, I was pleasantly surprised. And I actually quite liked it. There was a nice little political undertone as well especially with like the overlords yeah like coming and trying to dominate this native race and obviously trying to terraform the planet a little bit yeah but they always do that so well yeah new, that it? that's the only trouble with doctor who they are kind of recycled these sort of stories you know yeah. we have seen this kind of megalomaniac type um, leader who wants to conquer or enslave or take over we've seen it quite a few times now in the the episodes that we have seen and this time though to be fair the guy who played the marshal is actually quite good as well so i can't knock the acting i don't think there was really too much over dramatization of like uh deaths or overacting shouting or anything like that which we have seen i think i've previously called it hamming it up becky for the audience hamming it up hamming it up yes it's an old saying Saying when you go OTT, so we're seeing some really over the te- uh, over the top. No, deaths. we call it lying on thick or milk in it. Well, something like that. You know, same thing, isn't it? Same difference. No, 
Mm, wow. It's not. Mm, okay. <laughs> it's really not. Well, I'll call it hamming it up. You can call <laughs> it milking it. Um, and I was laying all sick. And some, somewhere in the middle, it's there, so. It's not. I really know. But, yeah, so. Um, also, I found that the. the I can't really remember what they're called. Like, Solarians. I think they are called Solarians. They kind of had a sort of Roman type look to them as well. Like, mm, old-fashioned Romans. I don't know why you say that. They look really... They look like a, it's more sort of medieval. But they do look very primitive as well. Medieval. Whereas the overlords uh, have got, like, PVC suits on. And they do like their PVC in Doctor Who. So, yeah. So, overall, the story is fairly basic, but like I said, the political undertones in it, they're not, you know, that sort of, it expands the story a little bit more because it's not just a sort of cut and paste serial. Yeah. It does have that political undertone, which, you know, uh, like the the, uh, the, Sol- the Solarians, they kind of want their freedom and independence from the overlords Whereas, like I say, the administrator, who's Jeffrey Palmer, he kind of wants to give them their freedom and let them be on their way and then go home. But because there's the marshal, who is just a megalomaniac, who's mad on, drunk on power, he just wants to enslave them, take over the world, make it Earth 2, and rule the world. And he's not really willing to give it up. So there's a little bit of a plot in the first episode to assassinate the administrator. So like I say, Jeffrey Palmer doesn't actually um, survive very long. He's kind of booted very quickly. Yeah. Um, which which is very, um, it's very interesting as well. Because you think that somebody like Jeffrey Palmer, who's been in quite a lot of things, you know, um, I think you'll find he's been in James Bond, I think. And he's also been in As Time Goes By. You'd think he'd be in it a bit longer than just one episode. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, that's quite an interesting little little thing that happened. Also, there is... Um, also, I'd like to sort of touch on a little bit more of what I've said about the relationship between Doctor and Joe or uh, John Pertwee and Katie Manning. I did say last week it's now hitting its stride. You can definitely, definitely see here in this one as well. It's there. I think it's now going to grow to be like what I know it's going to be, which is like their relationship's really, really good. Obviously, we know, uh, fans know, they're really good friends off the set as well as on the set. And after she leaves, they still stayed very good friends. They have a bit more of a comedic banter in this one. Yeah. Um, which I, I like that because, again, we said this also in the last uh, episode for last week's Sea Devils. Um, thank you for checking that out if you have. There is a point now where Joe is not just the spare part in these serials. She's not just like the crappy companion. She has now become his kind of assistant. I would I would say that she's changed the role of companion to assistant and yeah, they have actually said yeah. that they've actually called her an assistant before and i do think they've changed her role to be the assistant she's not the the screamy damsel in distress although she does get ch- captured twice um <laughs> yeah what, what can you do just uh, at the at the end of the day the doctor gets um, captured as well so it's not just her but there's one i think there's one 
scream. I think she gives one scream when they're in the caves in, I think it's episode three, um, where she's obviously she's on the sky base. In the end, she goes down to the the planet with one of the um, Solarian rebels. She mm. goes down there, but because the uh, world isn't inhospitable and got a gassy atmosphere, unless you're born and bred on that world, you can't breathe it. You have to wear these masks, which mm, that's a bit quite yeah. a bit bulky, to be fair. Yeah, but it doesn't make sense. At the end of the day, if you bought us a bit, basically, you know, sort of, I want to say xenophobic, but I don't know if I'm right. Mm. But we don't know if you're right. I'm the sure the listeners is, don't know if you're right either, Becky. Well, just it's a, it's we, a bit, we just it's go a bit with it. Bit sort of, we just wing it. You know, racist, really, because it's like saying, well, people who live there can't breathe the atmosphere, you know, can breathe the atmosphere, but people who come from you know, over from other places can't. How's that racist? That's like saying... How's that racist? That's like saying that only people who are born in Britain can breathe oxygen and people who weren't born out of Britain can't. That's, in, that's exactly the same thing. It's to do with the mutation. What are you talking about, racism? Well, no, I'm just saying. That's a bit, that's you like, know... That's like fishes, off, fishes, can, fishes can breathe underwater. We can't. Fish. There is no plural of fishes. Well, fish then. Fish can breathe water or underwater. We can't. Says Unless we wear, like, a mask. It's the same principle. They're, the Solarians have just mutated to the point where they can breathe the oxygen. Yeah, but that's just fish. Or breathe the air because it's a high, high, is it high concentrated nitrogen. And I think they said a yeah, gas that's not but that's known just or something like that. Okay, whatever, Becky. Ha, ha, ha. So we'll continue. So anyway, she has to wear this like really bulky mask, which in society nowadays, when we have to wear a mask, that does look a bit. Well, to be fair, it didn't. It didn't make. It doesn't look at a place, especially with society now and the world as it is at the minute. Mm. It doesn't look at a place to see three three guards wearing masks. Um, but they are very bulky, especially with you know the size of like the surgical masks or you know cloth masks that we have to wear today, or if you do wear them, if not, you know. You should wear them. Well, each to their own. As I always say on Regenerated, everyone's opinion is their own and they're entitled to their opinion. So, yes, we're not here to preach to the choir. <laughs> but all we say is that you have to make, you have to use your own judgment in these uh, situations. But anyway, so Joe goes down to the, the planet. She ends up in this cave where they say because the sunlight affects the gas and makes it more toxic in the cave, the sunlight can't obviously get. So the air in the caves is fine. And um, while they're in this caves, they see one of these uh, fully, I wouldn't say they're fully formed, but they're kind of like in what they describe as the cocoon stage of their mutation, which is like the beetle type, insecty type creature that comes known as I think they call them, is it mutts? <laughs> I think it is a mutt. Yeah, it's really funny to be honest because I was like well, oh, what's this going to be, you know? But mm. it ended up being like um, oh, how to put it? It kind of made me laugh because I'm sitting there thinking mutts is in terms of mutants. I'm sitting there thinking, what, are they supposed to be dogs or something? So, mm. yeah, and then when she sees that, she does do this scream. So it's not really a scream of 
a damsel in distress. It's more of a scream of shock, you know, as if somebody walks down the cor- around the corner and makes you jump, that kind of thing. Mm. You know, it's kind of like that. So we kind of let Joe, uh, yeah, we let Joe off in that incident. Um, also, I found very, um, very Web Planet vibes to the look of the mutants um, with the, I think it's like an ant type creature in the Web Planet. Against, yeah. If you remember, it was ants versus moths, really. And they kind of do have the same sort of vibe with that kind of uh, big, massive sort of ass <laughs> of the beetle. It's kind of it's hard to describe it. It's kind of like a big sort of bit at the back. If you ever look, it's a bit like uh, know, a wasp's so sting part. It's kind of like that, isn't it? So they're very much like the uh, web planets. Um, and know, design. You, I, I have no idea, but you're basically making me laugh trying to describe it. It's so funny. Well, it is hard. It's this is this is the power of audio. It's you have <laughs> to use descriptive terms, and I think people will hopefully know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I would like to think that probably the majority of people who listen to this Still podcast are Doctor Who fans, so they've obviously watched hopefully the Web Planet, and they kind of know what I'm talking about. So. Also um, to don't we just think you're hilarious? Also to sort of mention that message, I'm going to call it a pod. They call it a box. I'm going to disagree with that. Them calling it a box. It obviously opens for one of the rebels called Kai, and inside it contains these tablets of um, etchings from the oldie days, which shock horror. No one can really um, read except for one person. The oldie days. Yep. One person can read them or kind of read read them, which they so happened to bump into conveniently. And his name was Professor. Oh, don't make me say it. Sonsgrad, I think is how you say it. And he's kind of somebody who's there. He's kind of living on the planet. He's studying these uh, Solarians, or Solarians or whatever they're called. I probably completely got that wrong, that name, but it's kind of like, it's something like that. Um, and he's kind of studying them. He kind of knows a little bit about the etchings, and they kind of figure out that, you know, they these natives of the planet, they think it's wrong that they're mutating, but actually it's actually the right thing for them to do. They're meant to mutate. Yeah, just not that quick. But yeah, that's it. To me, when you think about evolution, we're going to go into evolution now. Evolution is over a... Per, a, a, a like, could thousands be thousands thousands upon thousands of years and it's only the slightest smallest things that change but well, for yeah if we're coming from apes we're a little less hairy well i am you're not i don't know you've got you've got more of a beard than what i have do you want a slap oh off the air please becky off the air so you're the one who looks like an ape apart from your head so yeah so they're meant to mutate but like I say, their mutation has happened really, really rapidly. And they could have turned around. I don't really think they do. But they could have said that the Marshall's experiments and terraforming the planet have accelerated it. They kind of just said that it's kind of forced them to mutate but not mutate enough. And at the very end, they kind of force, kind of force, Kai, the rebel, to go into his cocoon stage, like the, the bug stage, and then go all the way by using this crystal that they find and this uh, radiation. And then he becomes basically a super being. He comes out of the cocoon. 
he's kind of and the colors of the rainbow is like an effect over it he's got a, like a long like long drapey sort of robe on and he's basically like omnipotent omnipotent it means like an i thought you said impotent i was well, like what the well no <laughs> no that's the other that's the other meaning <laughs> omnipotent i would say it described it as sort of like a super being because he can mm. he can like fly he can from what i can tell he can shrink he can go through walls he can appear anywhere he can kill people because he ends up shark horror he ends up killing the marshal in the very very end mm. and it's just you know he's kind of like the super being and this is kind of what they want to do at the, the oh, very end. Oh, you mean the floaty figure thingy? Yes. It looked like he was covered in a rainbow. Yes, yes. N- nice to see you're paying attention to me, Becky, when I'm when I'm trying to go through the finer points no, of the mutants. Why not you just say the flo- floaty rainbow? I've thing. just said. I've just said the floaty he, rainbow. He came out of the cocoon and he turned into like a super being, rainbow. which had a rainbow effect over him. I actually it just say floaty. that. It's a floaty rainbow thing. Well, yes, but that's the that was kind of like the, the floaty sort of, rainbow thing. Yeah, kind of the end towards the end of the episode floaty serial, rainbow. and the very very end of the serial was um, that as again it seems to be in every single serial that they kind of always have to do is the doctor has to sort of and Joe they have to kind of make their excuses and leave. This time, during the purpose of uh, the marshal running sort of running ramp. Uh, what, what would you say, rampant? I don't want to say rampant because that's kind of like rampant rabbits. He's sort of gone a bit mad, sort of megalomaniac, trying to overthrow the world. There's this guy coming from Earth who's they call an investigator who's coming to obviously investigate things that are happening on this sky base. And then at the very, very end, after the marshals died, the investigator wants to sort of catch up with the doctor, get his sort of uh, version of events, debrief as it were, only for then the doctor and Joe to say, hang on a minute, we've got to be somewhere. And then they obviously sneak back to the stars and leave. That's kind of how the serial ends. Um, yeah. And again, that that's, seems to be cut and paste again. That seems to be every single time they go to an alien world Um they have to make like some sort of excuse um, and leave. Uh, and that's the easiest way to write them out. So, yeah, I like I say, I'm, I was pleasantly surprised by the mutants. I don't know about you, Becky. What did you think of the mutants? Mm, it was all right. It was all right. That's the best we'll get out of Becky today. Like we do every week. It was just okay. <laughs> but, you yeah. You know, you love it. I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it was going to be like a say stinker, but actually, I think I said last week that even the worst uh, Doctor Who episodes are actually still quite good. There's none that you just turn off and go, "I'm not even going to watch that." Um, obviously, there's some lower, lower rated serials, which there always is going to be because Doctor Who is multiple writers. It's written by multiple people and different people and directed mm-hmm. by different people. So some episodes are going to feel a lot different to others you're going to get better directors than others you're going to get better writers than others and obviously then the show is going to go up and down in kind of how good or i want to say bad but how good or average i would say it is so yeah so like i say i i I like the 
I like watching Doctor Who and, and when it pleasantly surprises me, especially when some of these John Pertwee stories I haven't actually um, seen for a while. So I forget what they're about or, you know, when I start watching them, I can remember bits, but I can't really remember where the serial's going. So it's kind of like freshly rewatching it from the start again. Yeah. So I like I like it when they have these sort of um, serials that do actually surprise me. So talking about negativity, as always, we're going to go to Mark Campbell's episode guide verdict. Interesting concept padded out mercilessly for six episodes with dire acting and terrible effects. The muting, mutants are stunning, though. A four out of ten. Again, I, the negativity sometimes in this book is just so... You know, just it does. It just kind of frustrate me a little bit. You know, you know, saying about the dire acting. Actually, some of the acting was actually quite good. Um, and terrible effects. Well, what can you do with the budget they have? But some of the effects are actually there wasn't really that many effects. Like, what effects are you talking about? I don't really know. I don't really understand. There, don't know. There's only really a handful of effects that they kind of do. You know, it wasn't effects heavy. But, oh, well, a four out of ten, I disagree with a four. I'd say it's more of a five to a six, so it's definitely average, mm. slightly above to me. So we'll keep going. Next week's verdict is even worse. I'll say that now. So, I'm ex- again, I'm, I'm going to say from now on that, you know, even though I do kind of know the ratings for the next week's, I'm not going to go by his rating. I'm just going to watch it and give my objective opinion, as I think you will as well. And again, we as always not very often agree with Mark Campbell's episode guide. The same time Mark Campbell talks crap. Well, that's it. You know, what can you do? Sometimes he speaks sense, and sometimes he doesn't. He did actually sort of. He he to me he doesn't he doesn't praise it. He give a ten to one I didn't like. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't like give constructive criticism in the negativity. He's just negative. There's no real positive in the negative, which I don't really like. We mm. turn around and say, you know, oh, it's rubbish. But we then look at the finer points of what we actually did like. Whereas, you know, saying, you know, the acting's terrible and the, the effects are rubbish, but the mutants are stunning. I would say that mutant the mutant costumes are still effects. Yeah. They are special effects as a costume. Just saying. Anyway, next week's is the Time Monster. Um, I'm thinking it's not Saltarans yet because there's two. There's the Time Monster and then I think there's another one. I think it's the Time Warrior. So I'm thinking Time Warrior is Saltarans and Time Monster's not. I might be wrong. We'll have to see next week. Um, other news or rumour news for Doctor Who fans out there. There's a rumour going around that the next Blu-ray release for Doctor Who is going to be Tom Baker's Season 17. So while I do have the guide, it does come in handy sometimes, um, Season 17 will go through that um, just on the off chance it actually is that um, that serial coming out. So I'll just flick to the page... So in season 17, that would be Destiny of the Daleks, City of Death, The Creature from the Pit, Nightmare of Eden, and The Horns of Nimon. And actually, it's mm. a quite good serial. I think it's Leela's 
first serial, I think, if I remember right. But we'll have to see. Uh, the rumor is December that's going to be coming out, so there may be a pre-order very soon for that one. But we'll have to see what happens. Um, also, in other news, uh, John, is it Charles? I think that's how you say his name, uh, who yeah. most people will rem- uh, know him as... Uh, Boise in Only Fools and Horses. He actually was in Doctor Who as well in a Tom Baker story. I think it was The Seeds of Death. I'm thinking it's The Seeds of Death. Was it Seeds of Doom? Again, episode guide comes in handy. So we'll have to have a look. It was not that season. Ah, here we are. Seeds of Doom. He was in The Seeds of Doom and he played uh, Scobie. Yes. Or Scorby. So, yeah. So it's sad that he has passed away now. So yeah, so I like to I like to leave the podcast on a positive Unfortunately, note. Unfortunately, that's one of them things. You know, people are going to get older, and as I said before, in our generation, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to end up dying. Mm, yes, but um, but fortunately, he'll be forever immortalised as Boise, and he's also in Doctor Who. So you know, he's forever there in the fans' hearts. So yeah, it's a bit sad, but what like you say, what can you do? You know. Not a lot. These people are getting getting old, and unfortunately, part of that is passing away. Yep. So, on a brighter note, um, as we brought the uh, podcast sort of down, um, in the future, I think we're going to do the time monster, and then we're going to have a week's break because it's nice to have a break for you, the listeners, to catch up on the episodes. Especially when we put on one a week, it gives you a chance to then catch up with our. Uh, episodes and it also gives and us a little bit of a break yeah like yep social medias are in the description if you want to hit us up there and tell us what you thought of the ones we've been focusing on or the ones in the future um be nice if you uh, had some comments about the, the time monster and we could write read them out next week so go on twitter for that one um so yeah we're gonna have a little bit of a break as well it's nice for us to have a bit of a break so that we don't have to do like or me i don't have to edit these and put them out, and I get a little bit of like respite from it. So, yeah. Anyway, next week's is the Time Monster. So, like I say, that's a very negative one from Mark Campbell. I'm not going to go into it negatively. I'm going to take it with a pinch of salt and probably enjoy it. So, I think we'll leave it there, Becky. So, until that one next week, I will say goodbye and then say goodbye, Becky. Bye bye. Bye bye. <laughs> Thank <laughs> you.